Hey, Harry, thanks so much for being on the show. Can you please introduce yourself to our audience and kind of give a brief overview of your background, particularly starting in Peru and maybe how you ended up in the United States? Yes, Kevin, thank you. Uh, first, like, thanks so much for having me here on your show. Um, very excited about this. Uh, so like, uh, uh, my name is Harry Nima Segarra. I'm a physician, a pulmonary and critical care doctor. Uh, my wife, uh, uh, she's also a physician. She's a family medicine doctor. Uh, actually, we both are from Peru. We're from South America. Uh, we were born there and uh, we um, did also, I mean, like all our school and medical school over there. Uh, we came here to the U.S. Uh, when we were um, almost 30 years old uh, to continue our education, our training. So we finished our, uh, our medical school over there. And, and of course, we wanted uh, to have better opportunities, have better training and also like to, to, to live here in the U.S. So, so um, it took us a couple of years. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a long process. Like you need to take uh, several tests and actually uh, also come to, to, to the U.S. like initially for, for rotations. Um, what we call so externships, uh, also interviews, like any, like any other job, and like at the end you apply, right? Like so, um, it it took us like a couple of years to come here to the U.S., and then like uh, once we came came here, um, it's like also another process, right? Like because you you start here. Um, uh, in, in the residency, then like you need to decide if you want to do extra training, extra specialization. So because of the nature of that, you keep uh, traveling and moving like every, every, every couple of years, every three or four years. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, like we, we, we initially came like and, uh, and, and live for three or four years in Pennsylvania. Then because of, of, of my training, like I, I decided to go for pulmonary critical care fellowship. Um, I did also three years in Virginia. And then like after that, we, we moved to Texas, right? Like, like initially we were like two years in uh, private practice mm -hmm. in South Texas. And then like uh, we decided to move here to Dallas where we live now. Uh, and, and the main reason was we, because we had friends here and my wife has family and uh, we were looking for other opportunities here in Dallas. That's awesome. And I do want to back it up a little bit. I know you grew up in Peru um, and you mentioned uh, in, in an interview you did, you mentioned that your parents invested in real estate there. And so I think that was like where the first seed for you in real estate was planted. I would love to know, I believe they owned a hotel um, in, in, in Peru. And I would love to know, I mean, that's so unique because it's just not very often that people I have on the show kind of their parents started in real estate in some capacity. But not only that, you came from another country that might be traditionally seen as a less like opportunities available, specifically within real estate. So I'd love it if you could kind of touch on the principles that you learned growing up, whether that's real estate related or passive income related. Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, at early age, my parents got divorced. So like uh, my, my my sister and I, we we got to live with my with, with my mom. So um, we she um, she didn't have um, the opportunity to go to college or like to um, to to receive higher education. So uh, kind of similar with the rest of my family. Um, so they were uh, in different business and doing different endeavors and trying to find uh, different ways to. To help us, right? Like, like to get through through education and uh, and to have like a better life. So, uh, so one of the things you 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 probably heard about that, like uh, she, that that she invested in real estate among other things too. Um, yeah, and and some and sometimes I tell like the story about like the the hotel, and many people would can 
can think like, oh, it's like a hotel, like a Hilton or Sheraton. I mean, it's not like that. <laughs> it's actually like, like, like a small, really tiny uh, hostel, like, right? Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, actually, like, like initially she bought that uh, when it was in construction and, and we didn't know that, I mean, it was uh, zoned for a hotel, right? Like, I mean, it, it could have been just a building of offices or like, she, she, she could just put, uh, put like some, some, some people to live in their long-term or, or something like that. But I mean, like the, the place was close to a hospital. So, so we decided and, and, and many people uh, from other places were, were traveling there, like in order like to receive medical care, uh, usually short-term, right? Like what, what we have here, like in the US, the short-term rentals, right? Like, so uh, she, she, she looked at that and, and, and she decided to, to, to start a small business. I mean, like, of course, it took some time because again, like the, the, the place was under construction, right? Like, so, and in Peru is, it's not necessarily like here, like, uh, that you go to the bank and you take a loan and the loan is great, like a 5% interest rate, right? You, you, you know, like in develop in developing countries, um, uh, the risks associated with this type of, uh, of business are higher, right? Like, so, I mean, someone here would think, oh, it's crazy. Like the rates over there. Yeah. But at some point the rates over there were, 15 or 20 percent like for real estate which is is very very difficult like to to do it to run any business with that kind of interest rate right but uh, so in peru what we usually do is like so we we uh continue working we we get some money we put that money in the business and and, and that way we continue growing right i mean she mm -hmm. couldn't get a, like a loan for that so i mean it took a couple of years until she was able like to fully build like the like like the small house uh hotel over there so uh and like and then like she uh she was able to surround herself with other people who, who were helpful like who were friends of the family and and together we were able like to run that place right like uh yeah. like again like in any business like you need to do a lot of work up front right like the first couple of years were like a lot of work but then after a couple of years uh you start seeing like the benefits of real estate right like i mean like uh she she was going she had someone who, who she trust over there and she would go every week or every weekend like to get like the the, the cash flow like the hotel was 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 making yeah right and and over time i mean like uh we we sometimes feel like the cycles here like uh, five six seven years I mean, it took for us like probably like 15 or 20 year cycle. Like, so we were uh, very patient about that, right? Like, and we were able to see how real estate had appreciated there. That's awesome. And a lot of gold nuggets there. I appreciate you sharing that. Now to kind of just fast forward to where you are today, um, or, you know, more in the country, in the U.S., you are now a doctor and you're a physician and you're making you know, high income um, after years of, of going to school and really working towards that. So I actually was recently with some people who had graduated from doctor uh, from, from med school and they're doctors now. And um, it's really interesting to kind of meet, talk with you and then kind of talk with someone else who you're in a similar position, except you are, you know, you understand the importance of investing in real estate and other people, they've kind of worked towards becoming a doctor. And so they're kind of coasting now because they're like, oh, I put in the work, I get to enjoy the benefits of being a doctor. Can you touch on what even, what, I mean, obviously your mother's background investing in real estate that kind of sparked your interest but what made you want to start investing in real estate right now and why is the income you're making shouldn't that be enough yes so um one important concept is like again like uh, it's very important to think about how much money we make but also how much money we take at the end of the day right like i mean like uh something very important is like the the taxes that we need to pay every single year and for many professionals high income earners uh we usually 
tell or say like, uh, so we need to work until April or May just to pay our taxes. And, and that's amazing. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's, that's, a, that's a very, very high uh, uh, debt that, that we need to pay every year. So, uh, and, and yeah, so like we, when we came to the US, we, we were primed for real estate. We were very interested about that. We continue our education because again, we had some background and some knowledge about real estate, but in our country, not here in the US. So for us, it was more difficult to understand how is the process and how to leverage again, like money and other people's time. Right, like so, uh, we um, as I was in training initially, I couldn't do that much, and we also were were moving every three years. But once we came to Dallas, I mean, it was a no-brainer for us, like to start doing real estate, right? Like so, and and why so many people sometimes they they don't necessarily think about alternative ways of investing and not just necessarily just real estate but other ways of investing right like you you trade your time for money all the time and sometimes because of that you just have one source of income and 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 this started like to to open our eyes right like and it was even more important during the pandemic where again like my wife and I are physicians high income earners However, what would happen if anything would happen to us, right? And we were in a very difficult position, right? And, and my wife and I were, were actually in the front line. She was a primary care doctor and I was a home critical care and dealing with these COVID patients in the ICU every day. So again, like we, we discovered again that we only had one source of income, right? Like, so we start working on alternative passive uh, income, uh, like in order like to, to to help us again, like to build up our wealth, but also like to get more security. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I can relate to that. I mean, we just, that's what we're, we're aiming for that freedom from money and financial freedom. And that's why we got into real estate. And obviously we don't have, we never really had a career. So I think that's where it differs because we were able to get into it straight from school. Um, so that's just a really interesting uh, perspective that you offer. Now, I'd love to know, can you provide some context? I know you got into single family investing. So could you kind of dive into what your journey was in the single family space? I believe you uh, you did some burrs. So if you could explain what the burr strategy is and how you use that to start building a portfolio in the single family space. Yes, yes, absolutely. And 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 again, like it's um, why many physicians don't 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 understand or don't invest in real estate or alternative alternative ways of investing is because of lack of education. Right. And why, in my case, I also started doing single family houses and not what I'm doing in this moment, commercial real estate. It's probably also because of lack of education. Because <laughs> what, what everyone knows, like when you start in real estate, uh, it's, it's usually single family houses, go to the MLS, do flips or, or do long term rentals. However, I mean, I was very, uh, uh, I'm very grateful and, and we were very lucky to get started like that way, because again, that's the way we started. I mean, otherwise we or like, like otherwise we wouldn't have started in real estate, right? Like, so uh, it, it took some time again, like because of our training and, 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 and the nature of our training that we were moving every couple of years. But when we came to Dallas, uh, we, we decided first like to buy our primary home and then to start investing in single family houses, right? Like, so our first house was not like the best deal ever <laughs> and it's okay like that, right? Like, uh, so we bought like a, like a property through, uh, through MLS and with a friend of us who was a realtor. Uh, the, the deal itself, like if you run the numbers may have not been like the best deal, but again, we were very, very grateful because that's the way we started. 
right? Like, so uh, we wanted like to, um, to, to keep growing. Like uh, our initial thought process was uh, we can buy a single family house every year, like in 10 years from now, we're gonna be in, like in, in a good place. And initially, like the way we were buying that, uh, again, like we, as the market was very competitive here, even like a couple of years ago, was very competitive in Dallas Forward. Uh, the first house we bought was uh, all cash. And, and like, and actually it, it was through the MLS, right? Like, so, and then we put a tenant there, right? Like, so um, doing it that way is kind of like a, it's not necessarily like a bad way to do it. It's a safe way to do it, mm -hmm. but you cannot leverage fully your time and your money with that, right? Like, so, um, and initially we were actually self-managing the property. Uh, three months after that, <laughs> the AC broke and, and we were in a very difficult position because again, all our cash flow went away, right? Like even like, a, I like, like again, having like paid like the house full, I mean, like the, like an AC cost a couple of thousand dollars, right? And all our, our, our rent was there, right? So, um, we took the decision after a couple of months to, to hire, um, a property manager. And, and many people would, would say like, what, why would you do that? Again, like you only have one property, right? Like, but again, like the, our time was way more value than that moment that could be, could be doing other things, right? Like, and, yeah. and you, and you, that you're in real estate too, you understand the value of time, right? Like there's, mm -hmm. you can make a lot of money, but the value of time is more important, right? So, and, and, and actually that relationship was very important for us because that property manager, uh, he introduced us to um, off-market properties, right? Like, and, and for many people, they, they don't understand the off-market uh, properties, right? Like, so you, you understand that very, very well, because I understand you guys also have been doing some wholesaling and all of that. Um, so yeah, so 95% uh, of all the houses in, in, in the US are sold through MLS through the regular ways, right? Like, and only 5% are sold off market. And someone would say, but it's only 5%. Still, it's a lot, a lot of houses. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? So, uh, there, there's a lot of market out there, like especially for investors, right? Like, so, so you try to work with other people, with property managers, with wholesalers, even with brokers sometimes, right? Like, and you try to find these uh, distressed houses or distressed properties for very different reasons, right? Like, I mean, like the, either the property cannot be financed or there's like a, like a tenant there that, that is not paying, that is a problem tenant that maybe is a relative from the owner or the owner um, has a divorce and needs to sell the house super quickly, right? Like, so um, we help each other, right? Like, I, I mean, like the, 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 the seller needs, has a necessity, the, the investor also needs to buy a house and try to make a profit from there. The wholesaler or the intermediary also helps both people, right? Like, so like everyone gets uh, gets something out of there, right? Like, so um, we used to get these off-market properties. Most of them, they were having some structural problems that needed to be fixed, right? And you can imagine, right? Like, like a physician, a full-time physician <laughs> with a wife is also a full-time physician doing mm -hmm. these things. But we were very passionate about that and, and, and we really like it. So um, yeah, yeah, so we, we were acquiring these pro pro properties and that's where uh, you mentioned like the Burr method. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And um, so the Burr method, I believe it is a buy, re renovate, re rent out, and then you refinance and repeat that. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's the Burr method. Yes. Awesome. And so, you know, I, I do want to mention that we were also starting in, in single family, like you touched on earlier. So we were wholesaling and flipping. And I think we had this misconception, which I think the majority of people have this misconception about real estate where it's what they see on HGTV. So like flipping and things like that. I didn't even know what wholesaling was. And 
And that's kind of the paradigm I was thinking in is, oh, I have to work with houses. And then I got into the apartment space, but you're so right. I don't regret starting there. It was, you know, you learn the foundations of real estate there. And if we hadn't done that, we would have never gone into apartment investing. Absolutely. So that's awesome. And you mentioned the, like the multitude of ways that you're able to, you were able to source deals in the single family space. Um, even though the majority of transactions might happen on the MLS, there's a 5% uh, of them that don't. Can you kind of expand on how you were finding those sources of, of deals in terms of the wholesalers? Because um, just for people that maybe want to eventually get into commercial real estate in our audience, but they might not have the money. I think investing in single family, whether you're flipping or wholesaling or building rentals and then you know building wealth over time, uh, I think that's a great way to start, you know, start in single family and then scale your way up. So can you kind of touch on how you were sourcing those, those deals? And yeah, those absolutely. Deals. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so one is for, for example, property managers, right? Like, uh, I mean, like a property, you have your property manager and he manages your houses, but he's also managing probably another 100 or 200 houses, right? Like, and not all owners are happy with, with having long-term rentals at some point, right? I mean, you may, you may be energetic, you may be young, you may be passionate about real estate, but then after one or two decades, that may change, right? So, so there are some people who want to, to get rid of their properties. Uh, there's also, like, again, wholesalers, right? Like, again, like, they, 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 they look for these properties through different ways, right? Like, and, and, and actually, like, I believe that they provide a service, like, to the people who are, are in this difficult situation, right? Like, again, like, like I mentioned, they, they may have, like, a house, that cannot be solved through MLS because they have important issues, important structural problems, and cannot be financed. Like the mo most importantly, right? Like so, so, so they act like like the intermediaries, right? Like there, there's also this other. Um, for example, Facebook groups like uh, that every city or every town has, like that you, that, that you just type off-market properties and you're going to find many, many people are there wholesalers or brokers or property managers or even contractors who who, who have worked with uh, with uh, landlords that, that know for where to find these other properties, right? Like, so again, it takes time, uh, but uh, but uh, with some research, with, with with some effort, you can find these people that can help you acquire these off-market properties. Uh, and, and and there's one also that I'm forgetting, also meetups, right? Like again, like these re real estate meetups where, where where you go, where there's other real estate investors, you're gonna find other people there, right? Like you're gonna find brokers, owners, you're gonna have contractors, you're gonna have wholesalers. That's very important. That's awesome. And so we and for us moving to multifamily, more aligned with our long-term goal of retiring our mom and just building wealth and. Uh, scaling quickly. And we didn't get into it when we first learned about it because we had limiting beliefs about, you know, you needed money, experience, and um, just, just the track record to get into that space. But once we kind of removed those, we were able to break into it. So I'd love to know, um, this is kind of like a, a multifaceted question. First, obviously you were having success in, in the single family space. So why did you even think to pursue multifamily? What were some issues that you were facing in the, in the single family space that maybe made multifamily more uh, appealing to you? And then can you also dive into why multifamily specifically? Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, you can understand my wife and I are full-time professionals. <laughs> yeah. So even starting like with the first uh, single family home was a challenge, but we, we like it. I mean, and, and we were passionate about that. And that's what we, 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 we put the hours there. Right, like so, we and and with our property manager and with other people who help us to acquire more more properties, again we were acquiring more and more properties, and you may say like we were successful doing that, and and we were happy with that. However, um, 
one way or another, I mean, it's a lot of work, right? Like, and, and it's active real estate investing. It's not passive, right? Like, so uh, you're going to need to put a many, many hours there every week, right? And even if you have a property manager, uh, we found ourselves every week talking with him back and forth, like about like uh, different small or, or big problems about this property, right? And at the end of the year, you, you find your, yourself with a lot of paperwork that you and only you are the responsible for that, right? Like think, things about like insurance, taxes, and going five for your taxes and things like that, right? Like, and, and one of the important things is, again, like all the decisions, all the responsibilities and liabilities are on you and only on you when you are in single family houses. Also have to mention when, when you get to certain point of, uh, of properties, then the uh, finance gets tricky, right? You, you can understand like uh, like banks are going to loan you like uh, like up to ten properties. So if you think about like ten properties, you ten properties, your wife, if everything goes fine, and then you go to the next level that is like commercial loans, which is more expensive, and then like your margins are, are less, mm -hmm. right? Like and all of that is a lot of work. It's a lot of work, right? Like uh, which we were not afraid of the work, but it, is, it was getting more and more. And you can imagine again like with um full-time jobs and and two boys like six and ten years old <laughs> very active in sports it's going to be very difficult right like Absolutely. so but so that's when we decided like to to transition um to to commercial real estate and specifically more uh multifamily yeah no, that, that's awesome and i'd love to know uh, for us when we decided multifamily was the way we immediately knew we needed a mentor and we needed someone because we didn't have the track record but maybe we could leverage someone else's and we, after doing some bigger pocket surfing, that's how we came across the group that we were both part of. But um, I would love to know what were some of the first steps that you took to get into multifamily and what were some challenges of doing that? Yes. And you just mentioned that, I mean, you were just talking about like you guys being young and even though you guys have a lot of experience and you have a lot of knowledge, you having the, the, that, that, that problem about your, like your age and not having in commercial real estate before. It's pretty much the same for me, <laughs> pretty much the same. Even, I mean, you, you can be an accomplished professional or, or, or have or not a lot of money or whatever, but if you haven't been in commercial real estate, you are a newbie, right? Like, so you're gonna face like the same, same problems, right? Like, so uh, when we, uh, so we were doing our research for about six months because we we knew that there was so many ways to invest in real estate, right? We, we just wanted to find like the best way that we can invest to some degree passively too, uh, but also free of our time and something to that would adjust to our lifestyle, right? Like, so uh, we're talking with different people and, and, we, uh, and we came to the conclusion that we really wanted to do commercial real estate, uh, multifamily and specifically syndications in real estate, right? So um, we talked with many people and um, again, we came to the conclusion that um, if you think about commercial real estate and multifamily, is a very broad business, right? Like, so it's very time demanding. It's a full-time job. And many people are doing this full-time for, for a long, long time. So we were not going to be able like to compete with them, right? Like two, two physicians that have done a couple of houses. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was a no-brainer that uh, we didn't have a chance, right? Like, so um, talking with one investor, uh, he, he told me, I mean, like, if you want to get to the space, you either, you either need one of these three things, right? Like, Either you need you you have time, or you have a good network uh, in commercial real estate, or you have some capital to invest in yourself and maybe like to to go into a mentorship, right? Like so, at the end, that's what we do. 
right? Like so, so we end up going into a mentorship that we are uh, very, very proud to to share like the same mentor as you guys. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I do want you to expand on that because let's say for someone in the audience who doesn't have uh, maybe they don't have the time or the money. No, sorry, they don't have the network or the money. Uh, what? advice would you give them? Because let, you know, let's say that they're starting with little money and they don't have the network. They maybe don't have, they don't, don't know anyone in commercial real estate. What advice would you give them? Yes. Uh, it also takes time, right? Like, so, I mean, like we were, uh, and thankfully we were here in Dallas forward where it's the capital of commercial real estate, mm -hmm. <laughs> I believe in the U S where every weekend there's something going on, like either yeah. like a meetup or a big conference, right? Like I, like, I think like we, we just were in a conference with Markini and think multifamily like a month ago, like in a month now, now it comes like Michael Blank and then like Brad Samrock. So different people. And, and there's a lot of things going on here. Yeah. Right. But, but again, like you, you need, to put some, some time right like even if like even though we we join a mentorship and an investing group we still need, needed to put our time and effort right like so um i was doing my research like for three four months to five months trying to find the best mentorship for us right like and, and we uh and and we talk with many people and again like all the big names you name it, like we we know about them, right? Mm -hmm. So, but but we 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 went with with, with Mark and and Think Multifamily because we really like uh, how he works. Again, again, like he was also local for us. That also saved us a lot of uh, trips. Like in, mm -hmm. I, I mean, all his his conferences <laughs> are here. Right? Yeah. So, so we love that. Um, and, and like and yeah, I mean, like so. The, so one of the things and advice that sometimes I give to people when they want to when they may have problems with time or, 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 or a full-time job is that still you're going to need like to put a lot of time there, right? Like, yeah. so again, like you, you just need to be honest with, with yourself, right? Like, I mean, it's not just to join a, an investing group or a mentorship group and you have done everything now, like, and everything is easy, right? Like, mm -hmm. so when, when you join a group, like the work just starts actually, yeah. right? Like, and, and, and again, you need to be consistent. I mean, it doesn't happen like immediately. Like, so even in the, in, in the group, no one knows you yet, right? Like, so, so you need to get out there. You need to uh, knock doors. You need to uh, call people and, and be out there for other people. That is so true. Uh, so uh, we, we always say that when you like getting into one of these groups, it's like you paying to get into a room, Like no one's going to come up and talk to you. You have to kind of put yourself out there, like you said, and walk up and introduce yourself. Um, and that, that's so, so true. That's awesome that you, you shared that. Uh, I would love to know, maybe not necessarily anything specific about any one group, but what did you look for in the mentorship and what advice would you give to other people to look for when they're looking for their own mentor? Cause that's a question we get a lot is, you know, what to look for in a mentor, where to go to look. Yes. So in, in terms of education, I believe like most of the education you can even find for free in YouTube, like earning audiobooks or, you know, things like that. Right. Like it's more about like the people who are in that group, right? Like you, you need to find yourself with other people that you, feel like you can trust, you have like the same beliefs of you and, and you feel like you can work together with other people. Because if you think about when you embark yourself in this journey or in these projects, you're going to be with someone for, with, for five to six years, right? Like, so again, like uh, that, that's one of the most important things. And that's why it took me some time, like to finally decipher one or, or another investing group. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Um, now it's a little transition. You are obviously a physician and a doctor. I would love to know, and you've mentioned this in the past, and it's something I've heard. You, doctors are some of the most educated people in our society, but I've heard you mention that they're not necessarily financially educated. I would love to know 
Is that the case? Uh, and if so, can you expand on why that is? Yes, and even it was the case with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, because again, I, the only thing I knew initially was about single family houses, right? Like, so we're very educated and, and, and again, like, but at the same time, we're very specialized in, in our education, right? Like, uh, and, and uh, I'm very happy to feel now, like, like I see more and more physicians getting out there and, uh, and getting educated in other things other than medicine have like other interests in life, right? Because we, we, you cannot have just one dimensional life, right? So um, we spent many, many years of our life in the classrooms, in training, uh, many, many hours. And uh, yeah, so I, I mean, after that, and, and unfortunately there's no formal financial education in a school or in college or in medical school, right? Like, so when, when you leave that, you think uh, your life is, is solved, is you, you, you have done it all. However, you, you leave medical school and you find yourself that still you need to do more and more training for three to six years. And still you have a lot of debt. And then like when you finish, you, you may have already a family. You may want to buy a house and you may want to start a practice. So, I mean, all this, this load over you, I mean, just, just to, to get started. And, and many people would think like, so I have so much on my plate that I just need to start working and working and working. And uh, hey, like I have a good paying job. So it, it, like it will do the work. But by the end, you're just chasing your tail and that. So, and, 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 and that's what happens, right? Like, and, and again, like we, we tend to invest in what we're familiar with or what we know, right? Like, and, and most of what, what we know is just stocks or mutual funds or 401k retirement funds, right? So, so that's what we do. Right. Like, and like, like, and we think that real, real estate is more like for, for, for the people in, in HGTV or just like to, to, uh, to be on TV or doing these things. But I mean, like there's other ways, I mean, like, and, and, and again, as we mentioned before, not just even real, real estate, there's other things like ATMs, energy, like different things. Yeah. hundred percent. And I know you guys are also as doctors, you're in one of the highest tax brackets as well. So you get taxed heavily. Um, I, and, I know that you guys, you and your wife, I think, I believe your wife is aiming to become a real estate professional. I was really interested in, I heard you mention that in a podcast because a lot of people think the benefits of investing in real estate passively, you'll be able to offset taxes on your uh, W-2 income. But I believe that isn't the case. And so I would love it if you could kind of, I know you're not a CPA, so there's, this is not tax yeah. advice, but um, from your experience, what are some of the guidance that you've given people or your investors or uh, in regards to that in terms of when they invest passively in a deal, they're not necessarily going to get certain tax benefits and they are going to get certain other ones. And why is it also uh, appealing for you and your wife to get that real estate professional status? Yes, yes. So uh, real estate is great, right? I mean, like uh, either you invest actively or passively, either you invest in single family houses or you invest in multi-million dollar apartment complexes, right? Yeah. And even I was... I was a witness of that when I started like investing in single family houses, right? Like with single family houses, you have the depreciation, right? Like, and, and there's some, some occasions that you can also do other things called cost segregation in single family houses, especially when you go for short-term rentals, which mm -hmm. is a little bit more, more um, uh, information about that. Um, but yeah, so in, in multifamily, you, you can also do depreciation, but there's other tools, like again, like to, 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 to try to take advantage of those taxes in the first five to six years, right? Like what we, I just mentioned, cost segregation and bonus depreciation, which is mainly paper losses, right? So mainly paper losses that helps you offset 
most of or all of the cash flow during the first four or five years, right? Like, but that, that's that's something that I always tell my investors, right? Like, go and talk with your CPA, go and talk with your financial advisor, because uh, Uncle Sam or the IRS, <laughs> they are going to defer taxes, but they are not necessarily going to forget about it, right? So they, they 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 need to plan for depreciation recapture and for capital gains at, when we're going to sell the property. And, and again, there 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 are options, right? Like unfortunately, real estate gives you different options, right? Like so 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 that's why uh, we advise our our uh, investors. Now, like the 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 topic about like the real estate professional. It's also great, right? Like, so uh, it doesn't need necessarily to be you, but if you have a spouse that has some time and can put the hours, right? Again, like I'm not a CPA for, for advice, right? But uh, if he or she uh, can claim the reps, real estate professional status, that's going to help not only your passive income, but also your active income. Right, and that's going to be a game changer because that's going to be able like to lower your tax bracket a lot. Yeah, and just curious, what are you guys doing to get that real estate professional status? Is uh, in terms of like the actions you guys are taking? Yes, yeah. So um, again, like as, as as you mentioned, that's very correct. Like my my wife has been a family physician for for a long time, and just recently uh, she decided to take a break and like in her clinical job, like uh, November last year. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were we were talking like every week and 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 trying to see. Uh, what what to do thinking of the future right like in a uh, couple of weeks ago like a month ago we we talked about why why don't we do this together i mean like uh it would be great just again like she she's my wife we mm-hmm. we are here all the time uh to even work together in real estate right like so uh she's gonna uh join nima equity nice. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and she's gonna be um starting to do some underwriting but but also because we we were very blessed to to go into a contract like with one property here in the Dallas forward area she may be helping and being very active with the asset management so so that's going to help us a lot that's awesome I love to hear that and I do want to get into where you guys are today in your business but just to kind of back it up what was your first deal I I believe you um you're a steward of other people's capital when you raise capital from your investors. So I know you were looking at multiple deals before you got that first one that you felt comfortable getting your investors money into. Can you kind of walk us through that process and also maybe mention some of the challenges on that first raise and what that first raise was like? Yes, yes. Um, so we, we talk with different people because, uh, again, it's, it's very different and the mindset is different when you're using your own money than when you're using other people's money. Right. Like, and even though, uh, I mean, like, uh, like the first batch of investors are usually your friends, your colleagues, your, your family, I mean, and they trust in you and there's a good relationship in you still is their money. It's not your money. It's their hard earned money. Right. Like, and, and, uh, and, and it's very difficult, like to get in that mindset that again, like you're helping there, but them, but at the same time, you, you need to be careful on how you use your money, right? Like, so again, like we were talking with different people, but uh, we were lucky that we joined a, a project very quickly after uh, we, we joined the investment group. So, and after that, we have been like already like in, in, in five, five projects has been a very amazing journey this yeah. last year. That's awesome. And was it easy for you to raise capital that first time? Did you kind of already have that network of people or I know you, you had that identity as a doctor and a physician. So was there any challenges bringing them this real estate opportunity and saying, I'm also re- investing in real estate? Yeah, that's spot on actually. Um, uh, for, for years, um, 
I, that we were in real estate for four or five years and doing single family houses. I didn't share that much about that because again, like the, the, the thought process is that physicians should be only be physicians and lawyers, only lawyers, mm -hmm. right? Like, so you, you have that problem with your mindset, like in, Hey, like if, if I tell this to other people there, they may think I'm not serious anymore in medicine or uh, what, what is a physician doing in real estate? I mean, like, are you crazy or things like that? Uh, but yeah, I mean, like at some point we decided just to go out there and share our journey. Uh, and actually we, we've, we found ourselves with a lot of great feedback like and 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 people who were very happy with us and and they and and they wanted to hear more about our story right like so um in our first race actually um it was challenging in in the in the sense that it was a super quick race and it was closed like i think in in four days mm -hmm. but, but but still we were able like to deliver what we promised to the to, to the uh lead sponsor and like in, in that project so and and the reason was because uh we had been talking with 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 our friends colleagues and family like already for I, I think at least six months and, and, and they knew that we were in real estate and they knew that they, that we were growing and we were responsible with our money. So when, when we decided like to, to embark in commercial real estate and we shared that news and we, we said like, uh, we, we may bring investors with us, they were on board. And, uh, like, again, like th that, that requires also a lot of trust mm -hmm. <laughs> in other people to you, but, uh, yeah, we're very blessed to, to, to have those investors. That's awesome. You mentioned you've been a part of five deals, I believe, so far. You also mentioned your wife's underwriting. She might be on the asset management side. So can you provide just some insight into where your business is at today? Are you guys just focusing on raising capital or are you also starting to look for your own deals? Can you just provide some context there? Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, yeah, like our our company, Nima Equity. So, I mean, we started this like about like a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So if you think about like, we're still like a like a very young company, right? <laughs> Early company. We haven't uh, even gone like full, full cycle even once, mm -hmm. right? So we lean on our experts, like again, like who are the other syndicators, right? Our main um, um, point or, or, or our main role has been in, in the capital raise. We also participate in other small things, like again, like investor relationships, uh, asset management calls, uh, we want to go to do diligence, sometimes like help with earnest money. But again, our main participation has been with the capital raise. And it's because of our background and again, like the, our network that we have other friends who are physicians and also want to invest passively in real estate, right? And, and this is something that I um, actually took me some time to realize, um, when you start in a new in, in 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 a new journey, right? Like commercial real estate, sometimes you get too excited, right? Like so, I'll say like, hey, I want to do everything, right? Like I mean, I want to do this and this. I, I want to do absolutely everything, but you need to be honest with yourself, right? Like so, as I mentioned at the beginning, this is uh, for people who have been doing this full time and for a long, long time. We're not going to be able to compete with them, right? So, and we'll, we'll be do, doing a disservice to our investors if we try to compete with them. It's better like to work in teams, right? Like, uh, and multifamily is a team sport. So, right, like, so my wife, again, like, it's, it's starting to do a little bit of underwriting. And we plan to partner up with other members of our investment group uh, to go together, right? Like, and, and the asset management that she's planning to do, again, we're going to do with other members together. We, yeah. We're going to grow together. 
I completely agree. It's all multifamily. I think even more so than single family is a team sport. And so it's, it's something that was definitely a shift for us to make, but it's honestly so much more fun and, and more fulfilling when you can focus on what you're good at and what you actually like doing. Um, so it's about time for our speed round. Harry, are you ready? All right. I'm ready. Awesome. Awesome. There's just quick uh, four to five questions that I like to ask every guest on the show. The first All one, right. uh, what has been the biggest failure or learning lesson that you've had throughout your real estate experience? And what did you take away from that? Yes. So, um, um, lesson it would be like again like to try to start earlier in real estate right like again like uh, you always have these limiting beliefs like again i'm i'm in training i don't have the time oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry about that no problem, I'm, I'm no, problem. no problem no problem uh it's, it's gonna be my kids i'm sorry <laughs> no you're uh, good uh so like the limiting <laughs> The, the limited beliefs and also again like to to try to find other people who you may trust like in this business that's very important awesome awesome and so i would love to know what is your long-term vision for the business and what are you aiming to accomplish moving forward yeah so um long term we of course uh, want to continue growing we want to continue being partners uh with our investors we invest in every single deal that we go with our investors and we want to develop a long-term relationship with them. That's awesome. Uh, I would love to know what, what is your why, what motivates you? I think you touched on it, but can you expand on that? Yes, our only why is our family, right? So again, like um, we uh, are professionals, high earners and all of that, but we find ourselves many times like dealing with, uh, again, like a lot of work, uh, working and inappropriate times, right? Like on the weekends, at night, during birthdays. And, uh, and, and again, like you, you can always work later, you can always make money later, but time is not coming back. So wise, and you shared a ton of wisdom today. If there was one piece of advice or wisdom you'd want our audience to walk away with from this episode, what would that be? Yeah, so again, like um, that, everyone can do it right like uh, if if you guys are able to do it if i'm able to do it like i think like you just need to have the passion you just need to put the effort and time and and go out there absolutely and if anyone in our audience wants to learn more about you harry get access to any of your resource follow you on social media or just follow you along your journey where can they go to do that yes thank you uh so we have our company as i mentioned it's nima equity uh, nimaequity.com and as in Nancy I M A equity.com. We have also our YouTube channel that I'll share that the, the link with you and they can always reach out to us. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Harry. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing how you, how you progress and just blow up your business moving forward. Thank you, Kerwin. I really had a good time. Thanks so awesome. much for having awesome. me. Absolutely.